Morning, Well family. My name is Joseph Asanti. I'm a Covenant community member here at The Well, um, and I go to the Domain CG with my wife. Hey, guys. Uh, today I'll be reading for you Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when uh, each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. You could just say thanks, too. That's good. <laughs> we'll get that fixed. The men and women of the Most High, how are we? Good. God is good. No, I say God is good. Hey, all the time. Hey, I want y'all to believe that. For real, I want that to be a real truth in our life. Hey, last week was amazing, wasn't it? No? I thought it was dope, shoot. Uh, can I, like, boast, can I genuinely boast in our God a little bit? Not in our church. Okay, not in our leaders, not in like what was happening here per se, but boast in the goodness of Christ. Y'all, first of all, we had 50 new covenant members. Um, despite meeting in a new location and in a location that's not really where we want to cement ourselves and meeting in the afternoon, like the Lord is still building up the church here which is really cool to be able to see, particularly because we actually sent out 40 people who went on the church plant. And so even though we were sending and giving away, like God is still adding into this body as well to allow us to do both of those, that accordion analogy we talked about in that sense. We had five CGs multiply, and so we had shepherds or leaders that are being raised up. We had seven children that were dedicated before the Lord. And so you actually see new life that's happening not just, uh, you know, uh, one form of spiritual life, but literally life within families as well. We had 17 baptisms, y'all. Come on, 17, right? Like, praise God. Y'all, we started the church with 11 people, okay? And then we had 17 people that get baptized just to kind of create a little bit of gravity or weight into what was happening there. We actually had a uh, woman that was visiting us and knew somebody that was getting baptized, and she came and uh, is a very faithful member at her church and um, was getting to witness this. And she came up afterwards with tears in her eyes, and she said that she had not seen a baptism in her church for over four years. We saw 17 in one week, y'all. Like, I don't want us to lose the miracle of what's happening to an extent because God was moving. In fact, oftentimes when God is moving and you get used to it, then unfortunately you just get used to it. Are you tracking with me, right? Like, it'd be like a husband that brought home flowers every single day after work. That'd be really sweet, right? Financially unwise. They did not listen to the generosity series at all, okay? But it'd be really, really sweet. And then let's say that one day he was just running late. Like nothing happened. He just got out late from work and he did not bring home flowers. It would be natural for the wife to be like, uh, where are my flowers at? 
right? Now, mind you, most husbands don't bring home flowers but twice a year when they're in trouble and when they're on their way home from work and remembered it was their anniversary. She's been receiving them every day, but when good things happen over and over, it's natural for us to miss all the beauty in the midst of it. Y'all, God has been moving in our church, and so it's natural to be like, oh, 17, praise God. No, that is a miracle, y'all. God was moving in some really beautiful ways. And so I hope we never uh, lose the joy of what we're getting to see there. And, y'all, we planted a church. Come on, right? Like, as we talked about, praise God. Yes. Y'all, as we talked about last week, only 6% of churches ever plant another church. And we've planted multiple churches. So my guess would be that number declines for more than one church. And we've planted it nationally and internationally. My guess would be that number declines even more. And so I don't want to overstate this, y'all. Like I'm cautious when using language like this. But what we witnessed last week was a miracle. It was a miracle because God is moving. And any time that God moves in your midst, it is a miracle, y'all. God was moving. Jesus, in fact, did many miracles during his time on earth, and people were often under-affected by them because they were looking for or at the wrong things or were not pausing to reflect who it was that was amongst them. And I don't ever want to do that, y'all. I don't ever want to be under-impacted by the weight and the glory of what is happening. God was moving. We should be encouraged at that. We should be humbled at that. We should be excited about what God is doing. We got to witness several different miracles. And when I look at our passage from today, I actually see all of that happening just this past week. When we kick off in Ephesians 4.11, it says, and he gave them the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. I think about the reality of like CG shepherds were raised up who often act as both shepherds and teachers in the midst of our body. We did a one-place series in the summer, and I think many people responded to that, and we saw 17 people come to faith, evangelists, and evangelism that was happening. Juhan and the bridge, Austin, the church that was planted is an apostolic movement. Uh, The apostles are people who started a new work, and so you see this apostolic movement in that sense, and so God was at work to make much of his name, and I just want to rejoice at that, y'all. Like, I want to bless the name of our God because of what he was doing. And what I want to very briefly focus on today, kind of post-celebration Sunday, is the continuing work that I believe that God is calling us as a church to do. As I said multiple times throughout this year, what we want to focus on is each of our distinctives as a church. We want to look at what are we thinking about, what are we moving towards, what do we believe that God has us to do here as a church body. And we have planned out the entire year for us to hit on every distinctive, but there was one distinctive that we actually weren't going to hit on, and this is kind of a standalone sermon in between the Advent season and post-generosity series, so I thought it would actually be good to insert it here. And that distinctive is that we want to serve the church. When we think about exalt disciples sin, part of the sending piece is actually the serving of the local church for the glory of God. In fact, our distinctive reads that the church is not built on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. That might be on the screen unless it's not working anymore, and that's all right. 
Um, but the church is built not on the talents of the few, but on the sacrifices of many. Now, there's more language than just that, but that's kind of our distinctive. And what we saw last week and what I'm hoping we get to see in the future as well is that the church is not built on five rock stars, but it's actually built on the sacrifices of many individuals. Many people lay their lives down in many different ways that baptisms would happen or that churches would be planted, or that mission teams would be sent out, or even that children will be raised up to know and understand and love and worship Christ. There are miracle after miracle after miracle that each of us get an opportunity to play a part of if we realize what we get an opportunity to play a part of. And I want to see more than just one miracle. I want to see more than just one celebration Sunday, y'all. I want to see more people that fall in love with Jesus. I want so many people to get baptized that we actually have a logistical problem and we don't know how to get them all through. Because I want to see God moving, not in some weird, like, thrill-seeking sort of way, though it is fun and awesome to get to see that, but because Jesus is a worthy lion and lamb. Because Jesus is worthy of the glory, because Jesus died that we might come to know him, and I want him to receive the glory that is due to his name. And what we see in this passage is that God gives different leaders in the midst of churches, which I believe that God has generously blessed us with a plethora of gifted people here, but he gave them to the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The saints is each of us, but especially the non-leaders in that sense. We equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body. That's what you and I are called to do. Meaning, it's the saints, you, not the leaders that make movements happen. If we wanna see 100 churches planted, it's y'all, not me, that's gonna make that happen. You tracking with that? Like, like what the leaders do is important and is valuable and it is a building up, but it's the saints that are the ones that are doing the work. Where the leader is the one that's doing all the work, mission dies. And it actually becomes personality-centric rather than Christ-centric. And I never want to build our church around a human or a personality because if I die, I'm going to glory, praise God. But I want the work to continue to go because it's ultimately Christ. And so the leaders, they equip the saints to do the work. And it's actually us, all of us, that get to play a part in bringing the kingdom of God. Not just the special people, but each of us because we're all special if God dwells inside of us. It is us who do the work of the ministry. Now, without, God, without doubt, God gives the church gifted people to build and to equip and to shepherd and to love and to encourage and to push forward, but not necessarily to do all of the work. Y'all, there was only one church that was planted last week, but 40 people went on that church plant, not just one person. Because if Juhan went by himself, then no kingdom would be advancing. You shocking with that? Like, like, there are many that were dedicated to the kingdom of God, and the more that are dedicated to the kingdom of God, then the more the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Christ. We want to see the kingdom of God moving forward. We are not built on the talents of a few. We are built together. It is all of us that are getting to play a part. And so, family, let us build together. Amen? Let us build together. 
Notice something else about this passage. It says that we are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That word work there is actually really significant because work signifies two different realities. First of all, work signifies that there's something to do. Okay, work means there's something to do. There's something to cultivate or to create or to push back or to establish or to build up or to break down. Whatever it might be, work means there's something to do. And so we, the saints, get to help usher in the kingdom of God. Nope, no amens on that? I mean, did you hear that reality? You, the saints, get to help be the second John the Baptist to an extent that ushers in the Lamb of God, the kingdom of God on earth. There is work that we get to do. It is not just the pastor or the teacher that get to do this. All of us, according to the scriptures, who believe in Jesus are priests of the Most High God. In other words, you have the spirit of the resurrected Messiah that is dwelling inside of you to transform you from one degree of glory to another and to transform things around you that glory might be shown. You have the spirit of Christ inside of you, saints. God wants to use you for beautiful reasons. We all have a role to play. The Christian no longer has a purposeless life. For what we are doing now is foreshadowing eternity, and we get to make eternal impact even on earth as it will be one day in heaven. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, which is the chapter right before, or two chapters before chapter 4, but it says this, beginning in verse 8. And if you have spent any time in church, you probably heard this verse but you often usually don't quote verse 10 with it. But it says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Praise God. For we are his workmanship. That's the Greek word poema. We are Christ's poetry. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we are not saved by works. That's important. And if you can leave this on the screen for a minute, like I want us to see what Paul is doing here. Like we are not saved by our works. Our works neither before Christ nor after Christ give us any measure of righteousness. Only the blood of Jesus makes us righteous before God. It is faith. And so we do not get to boast in God as if there's something special about us. Man, look, we were sinners in need of grace. Jesus died because of his love. And if we believe that we are righteous before God, no matter what work you do or don't do, that is grace, praise God. However, we also weren't just saved into nothing, right? Like, like salvation is not like a get-out-of-hell-free card and that's it. Like, no, it's so much more than that. We are now the work of Christ, and we get to do works for Christ that we might uh, honor our beautiful king. You see, we were created for good works that we might walk in them to live out creation. And by doing this, family, we get to glorify God. You, family, you get to glorify God. Like you get to bring glory to the glorious one who is in need of no one's praise or glory or honor, and yet we get to partake in it anyway. There's this beautiful thing we get to be a part of, and we find life and joy when we walk in the works that God has prepared for us. Now, they look different for each of us, and in fact, I know that each of us have different works to play in different seasons, and oftentimes we have a ton of different works at the same time. 
Like, time would not permit me to go through how each of us can be used by God in these really unique and beautiful ways. There's probably 30 different things you can walk in right now. Like, God calls us to do certain things in our family, that we might honor Jesus in our families and make much of him through that. There's ways that we can love and shape and mold and sacrifice for and love our families that do usher in the kingdom of God, and it actually builds up the local church when we do that. That's true in our workplaces, that's true in our neighborhoods, that's true in our local church, etc. But each of us have a part to play. We all have something that we can offer to God. And so work, family, means that there's something to do, and God invites each of us to be a part of that. The second connotation of work, though, means that there is some struggle to overcome, You see, all work is hard in a sense. It all has a measure of sacrifice, even if you enjoy the work that you're doing. Like, even if you love work, it's still work. We call it work because we have to do something, and there's a struggle when you have to do something. And so there is for the work of ministry, it means there's a struggle to overcome in the midst of it. The church is not built on the talents of a few, but the sacrifices or the work of the many. Well, what is the work? What is Christ calling us to do? Well, in the church of Christ, which each Christian must be a part of, what it looks like is everyone or all attaining to something, like every person experiencing, knowing, walking with Jesus, there is no person that is left behind in the church of Christ family. God wants all, not just the rock stars, not just the ones who have perfect faith and never stumble or struggle. He wants all of us to attain something. We are all meant to walk in intimacy with Christ. And we want unity of the faith. That's this horizontal intimacy. So we relate with and bless one another. And we want the knowledge of Christ, that a better word there would be intimacy or connection with Christ, true depth. And so we want everybody to attain unity of the faith, horizontal relationship, and knowledge of the Son of God, vertical relationship. And we want each person to be loving and connecting with one another and loving and connecting with Christ. This is our job, to love God and to love our neighbor and to help the brothers and sisters around us to do the same. And we actually get to do this in a plethora of different ways. Do we do this work once and then we're done with the work? No, We do it until we are grown humans, right? Mature manhood is what he says there, or full-grown humans. And in case that analogy doesn't make sense, he says until you get to the fullness of Christ. So we do the work until each of us look exactly like Jesus. Does anybody in here look exactly like Jesus? Praise God, because you would have just burnt this joint down if you raised your hand. (laughs) All of us, we all have ways to go, which means that there's a work, there's a struggle. It is hard to help each other look like Christ because sometimes sheep be biting each other without even meaning to. But there's a work that we get to do. We get to, not have to, get to because this glorifies God. Why do we want us to grow like this? Well, it's so that we will not get led astray. He says next in verse uh, 14, by false gods or things that do not bring life or glory or eternity, which means this is an ongoing thing, which means that this work that you're called to do, it actually takes perseverance, family. It takes steadfastness. It takes endurance to be able to do this. What are some of the ways that we do it? Well, he goes on and says that we speak the truth. 
This is sharpening people in love. So there's a gentleness and a gracefulness and a loving of the people, which all of us in here are good at one of these and bad at the other one. Or at least we're better at one of them than we are at the other one, right? Which, aggressive aside, okay, but a very important point, I think. If you're a truth speaker, chances are you're actually really bad at having people speak truth to you. Okay? Like, truth speakers almost always have very fragile hearts. Sledgehammer, but a glass house often. And so we have to realize that not everyone, but a lot of people, when they speak truth, they actually have a really hard time receiving truth as well. And if you're a love giver or a love speaker, you tend to actually receive truth really, really well, but you do not receive the love of Christ from your brothers and sisters well at all. You give love well, but you do not receive love well. Once again, this may not be true of everybody, but I have found it to be true with most people, and so watch out. Because whatever side you fall on, you can end up not receiving the very thing that you're gifted in giving. We need to both speak truth in love and receive truth in love. Are people speaking truth in your life? Have you had hard conversations recently about your sin or about uh, Christ's righteousness or about grace? Are you receiving love in your life? Like when somebody says, I mean, I appreciate you, brother. Do you really receive that? Or are you like, yeah, 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 me too, okay? And then you go on, right? It's hard for us to receive both sides, but it's important if we're to grow into the fullness of Christ. Now, once again, go back, back to the text. We are growing up, being built up in every way, he says here. That's all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in every area of our lives, dedicated, surrendered to Christ our King. And so the small setup and teardown that you're doing, the loving, the hugging, the welcoming someone, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago in our gathering, the presence of your presence in CG, in community groups, like just showing up, okay, and speaking that one word of encouragement or being open about where you are with Christ so that your openness may bless the community. That's part of building us up in love, family. We need each of those realities. The listening ear rather than the quick mouth to speak. Hello. The silent prayer that nobody sees. The sage advice that you give in a discipleship meeting. The preaching of the word of Christ that we may be edified by it. The worship of our lives in the midst of the congregation so that when you are actually standing there singing to Christ and somebody else is having an awful day, but they look over and they see your worship of Christ, they are edified and built up. Everything we do, whether small or big, it makes impact in the kingdom family. It is worthy. We need to walk in this thing. Everything in every way and everything that we do is what Paul is saying. It matters to God. Everything given to Christ and for Christ is an investment in the kingdom of eternity, family. And the ROI there is beautiful, by the way, because God sees it. And it's important for the church because Christ loves the church. He goes on to say he wants the whole body. Right? Every joint is what he says here, being built up in this way. We need every piece to be doing their part that we might be actually equipped. And when any piece is not doing their part, then we miss part of the beauty and the reality and the becoming more like Christ because you're missing from the body. Every joint is important. Every ligament, right? It's all matters. You ever have that part of your body that like hurts and you don't know that it exists until it starts hurting and then you're like, why does this hurt so bad? Like real talk right now, right here on my shoulder blade like hurts. 
okay? I don't know what that's called. I have never felt that before. I have never thought I needed it, but every time I do this, it hurts my body. And so the little tiny things, they hurt. Maybe you can't do the, 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 the shoulder, but I know all of y'all has sprained your pinky at some point. And you think you only use your pinky 0.4% of your life, and then you sprain it, and you're like, why do I use this joint 78% of my life? Right? Like, every part of the body matters. I mean, look at the text. Look at what Paul is doing here. The fact that we need everyone. If you can go to the next slide there for me. Right? Every way, whole body, every joint, each part. It's pretty clear, isn't it? We need you. Even if you think that you have little to offer, which you're a liar, by the way, if you don't think you have much to offer the church. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit. And either the Spirit doesn't know how to give gifts, or he's weak, which means he's not God, or the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, Christian. You have something to offer. And in order for us to grow into the fullness of God, we need you. Every joint and every ligament, we need you. Not the talents of the few, but the sacrifices of many. When every joint and every part is working properly, then the whole body builds itself up in love, including that joint, by the way. When the joint is inserted to the rest of the joints, that joint grows in love as well. Isolated, you cannot grow by yourself. And we experience when that happens the fullness of Christ and we get to help others dwell in the love of Christ as well. This is the call of the church. And if this is done perfectly, we actually see the kingdom of God come on earth as it will be in heaven. And so why focus on this this Sunday? Why, why highlight this passage at large? Well, I think that after seeing a miracle, it's important for us to understand why we're celebrating like we were. It's important for us to understand what we were even celebrating in the first place. Y'all, time would not permit me to go into how each of you have sacrificed so much for the body of Christ in order that we may see Christ moving and then rejoice in that movement. Like, I don't know how many of y'all cried last week, okay? Huli's like, I did. I know, I saw you, girl. You almost made me cry, right? It's like, man, God was moving, y'all. Those weren't just like fake tears that were happening. Our God is a both logical God. We don't shut our brains off when we come to Christianity. We should be the most logical people because God created our minds. But he's also an emotional God as well, our hearts, so we don't shut our hearts off either. We should feel more than anyone because we serve a God that is like that. And what we felt was true. We touched the fringe of his robe to an extent, y'all. We saw the glory of Christ. This is a blessed privilege, and it's because of the sacrifices of many. Even you, part of the many, who have been faithfully giving for five years, and you forgot to celebrate last week because you didn't realize how your giving has actually aided that very moment. We want you to remember what you were doing. You were doing Ephesians 4 so that we can grow the endurance to do that more and more. You see, our presence in CGs or our serving of the children or you who invited your neighbor to church and that neighbor came to faith and then that neighbor got baptized and then we heard that neighbor's story and we were all reminded of the power of God and how God has delivered us as well. Your simple invite reminded each of us and it spurred each of our faiths in these beautiful ways. You are a part of this family. All of us have roles to play. That was your boldness. Every joint, even the ones that you don't know, exist. They matter, right, in the kingdom of God. 
Some of you uh, don't ever really get publicly honored for doing what God has called you to do. You don't really get honored for like holding this part of the arm to this part of the arm because you're the ligament right in there and we don't even know your name. God does because God created all things. And see, God knows the number of hairs that are on your head. And so even when we, the church, miss what you're doing, as you're giving away to God, God does not miss it. He sees it. He writes it down. He will reward it both on this side of eternity and on that side. And he will give you more of himself, family of God. And so though we may not know the name, though we don't know what it is, we want you to know that when you leave, this part of the arm falls off of this part of the arm, and we become completely uh, uh, incapacitated to be able to move the way that we were designed to move. We need each of us to be doing this. We are all important in this. What we got to see last week was because of many of you. Bless you, brothers and sisters. Bless you. I want us to rejoice in that. I want you to rejoice in that. Like, I want you to realize what you were a part of. Here's the other reality of why we're covering it this week is because I want us to look back and celebrate what we got to be a part of, but we just sent off 40 leaders, y'all, to start another work. Do you know what that means? It means we need more people, right? The work was not done last week. Churches often don't plant churches because it's hard to send that many leaders, And so Juhan leaving, Austin Bridge Church leaving, it leaves holes, except I believe that you cannot outgive God. That's true financially, but that's also true with people as well. As you're generous and you say, look, God, I want to be used by you. I believe that God blesses us. And so Juhan leaving might have created opportunities that God wants you to step in and fill. He might want you to step into this, that you might receive the joy of Christ that you might be moved to tears because you realize, man, I was a part of that process. And so we have needs. Like half the worship team was planted with Juhan because he took people, right? And praise God for that. They're going to have an okay worship team. And we planted, we have one. And I can say that because nobody that we planted with is here that was serving on the worship team. Praise God, okay? There's children's needs, there's CG's needs, there's college needs. There was foster families that left that were supported by our church and supported others that we need. We had admins that left. We had CG shepherds that left. We had an elder that left to go be an elder. Like there are needs in the church family. There are needs that we get to step in. People who ran our premarital stuff bounced. Praise God, we want that. But that also means that there's need for you as well. And so maybe God brought you to the well to fill in what we just generously sent out. Maybe that's why you're here, family. Maybe that's why you're drawn here. It's not just because Anthony's a dope worship pastor and we love him. He's awesome. But we need more than just that. It's not built on the talents of a few, but the sacrifices of many. And we need each other in this. We need every ligament or our arm falls off. We need you. For some of us, we actually may feel kind of fringy, okay? And I want you to know if you feel on the fringe, right? Like not fully jumped in. Like you can be like Zacchaeus and you can see Jesus up on the tree at a distance or you can have him come and dine in at your house. The more fringy up on the tree, the less presence. And as we invite Christ in and say, I want to be about what you're about, we get to have more of Jesus. Now, the more involved, the harder it is as well. Zacchaeus had to give away four times anything that he had taken because he invited Christ in. So let's not get it twisted. It is hard, but there is beauty as we get to do this with Christ. 
It's work, but following Jesus and loving his messy, complicated, confusing, hurtful church, it's hard work, but it's beautiful work, y'all. And we get to be a part of it. Remember, we just don't find community. We fight for community. And so maybe you weren't as hype last week because you didn't actually know everything that was going on because you're not involved. Get involved. I want you to experience the joy of what it means to get to walk this life with Christ, not just eternal life, but even today. Let's change people's eternities. Maybe COVID actually distanced some of you. And I hope that the retreats you went to, because I believe that they were a revival for our community in a lot of ways. But I want you to fight for connection and know that we need you. I want you to find space, ligament, to help us stay held together I want you to find space, joint, to help us bend the right way that we might see God moving. Or maybe you're feeling rightly used by God right now. Man, praise God. Like, I want you to rejoice in that reality. Don't move so fast that you forget to reflect on the beauty of who Christ is. Maybe you're feeling overextended to an extent. Maybe even especially after last week. Look, I feel y'all. Okay? There have been times in this past season where I have just broke down and wept, literally, from feeling overextended because we've been stretched thin. What I want to encourage you to do is invite others in with you. Share the burden. Allow others to carry the load as well. Raise up others so that they might get to partake in the beauty of Christ along with you and feel the joy of being used by Jesus. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other. This is the family of Christ, y'all. There's no rock stars in here. We're all sinners in need of his amazing grace. And we're all saints that are filled with the spirit of God. And as we are used by God, we get to build one another up in love. And so we can feel excited today, right? I know the reality. We can think about what Jesus has done. And then the bride of Christ can actually hurt us tomorrow. And then Satan can lie to us the next day. And we can forget that last week was worth it for next time as well. We have to persevere and endure in the midst of this, especially because the hundreds of people that are going to be baptized at the Bridge Church, Juhans Plant, you and I are never going to see. And so we got to believe that what we're sacrificing is actually worth it. But as we give, because we know we serve a Christ, and as we get to see him moving in the midst of the church, y'all, I believe that our souls come alive. We're bringing people into the kingdom of God, and I want us to see this happen more and more. So let us build, family of God. Let us build. Listen, ultimately, beloved, we do this because of our bled Savior. We build because of who is building us, Jesus. You see, you go back through that text. Jesus is actually the ultimate apostle, is he not? Jesus is the one who actually came down and began this new work where there was division and discord and chaos. Christ came to establish the church apostolically that you and I are sitting here today because of the work of Jesus He's the true and better prophet because he is not just speaking the words of God. He is the very word of God himself. He's the greater evangelist who was the first missionary when Adam and Eve were trying to hide from God. He came right to where they were and said, I want you back in relationship with me. And he'll be the last missionary that comes up once again on earth. He's the true and greater shepherd. We shall not want when we are under his care. He is the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. And he's the better teacher. The true rabbi, the one who displays to us the words of God. And Christ helps us do every ounce of ministry because it is all to him and for him and by him that we're even on this journey in the first place, family. Jesus was never carried away by idols like you and I are tempted to do. 
Jesus always spoke the truth with perfect love and never missed or overbalanced either of those realities. He literally gave up his life serving the church, died that you and I might have life forever. Every joint in our body can now be functioning properly because Jesus' body was broken down for you and I. And as his body was broken down on that tree, everybody who believes in him, who says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want that work that you did on the cross to be accredited to my account. Whenever we follow Jesus, you are now a part of the body and you get to build up the body because he gave his body for you. This is the God that we serve. And as we see this Christ and as we worship this Christ, I believe that we want to build what he wants to build because we fall in love with him. And when you fall in love with someone, you fall in love with the things that they fall in love with. And I don't know anything that Christ loves more than his church because he died for her and he bled for her. It was for the church why Christ died. And so the well Austin, let us build his church then for the glory of his name and for the wonders of his love and for the majesty of his glory. Let us build the church. The well Austin, let us build. Amen. Yeah, I love you guys. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we get to build your church. God, I remember when I was not a part of a church. In fact, I was hurt by the church. I actually hated your church because of what I saw in the church. It was sloppy and messy and... And then God, by your grace, You began to lead me to churches that built up my faith and that established me in these beautiful ways. Praise you, Christ. God, my guess is is that that's many of our experiences. And Jesus, I desire so deeply that we would be a church that's so freaking passionate about your name, Christ that loves you so much, that wants to see your name so magnified that we sacrifice, we lay down our life that others may be built up. And so God, I pray for everybody in here who does not have a relationship with you, Jesus. Maybe they don't know where they are on this faith journey. Maybe they don't know what you're calling them into. I pray, God, that they would actually find home in this church And far more importantly, I pray they would find home in you, Jesus. Friend, I want you to know if you do not have a relationship with Christ, me and Jesus died that you might have a relationship with God. We cannot work our way to God, as Ephesians 2 said. Praise God. (laughs) Our works are never enough anyway. He worked his way to you. And by his work on the cross, as he lived a perfect life that we should have lived and died a death that we deserve, you can now have life forever if you believe in him. If you say, Jesus, I want to follow you. (laughs) He's yours. And God, I pray for all of us who have placed faith in you. Would you help us to care about what you care about? 
Would you help us to be a part of building up the church, whatever that might look like, Jesus? We build it up now into eternity for you, our King, our worthy. We love you, Christ. Praise things in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen.